Today's guest is naturopath Jessica Donovan, who is the founder of the Natural Super Kids Club, which supports families in their natural health journey. Jess is also the host of the Natural Super Kids podcast, which I absolutely love, as she has a very easy to understand common sense approach to health, and she very generously shares her many years of naturopathic experience with her audience. Jess also has a free gut masterclass running from 25 to 26 October, with registrations closing on the 24th of October. This episode will be released on the 17th, so you still have time to register. The masterclass will cover ways to transform your child's gut health to improve their behavior, immunity, allergies, and fussy eating. I know this is something I see a lot of in clinic, and Jess has a way of keeping things nice and simple and easy to follow. So this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for so many families to improve their children's gut health. You can sign up for Jess's free masterclass by using the link in the show notes. And be sure to check out her podcast, Natural Super Kids. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we get to hang out with the lovely Jessica Donovan. Welcome, Jess. Thank you so much for having me, Eugenie. I'm excited to chat. It is so lovely to have you on. We got in touch. I'm trying to remember how actually, but it was over a year ago or so. I don't know who put us in touch with each other, but yeah, we've known about each other for a little while. And then mm. recently I heard about your amazing podcast, which I have been listening to and learning so much from. And I just had to reach out and say, hey, let's do this. And for our listeners, I've been on Jess's podcast as well. And it's just such a privilege to have you on today. And we're going to be talking all things gut health and sprinkle in a bit of homeopathy there as well. But let's get started, Jess. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, your journey to natural health and how homeopathy was introduced and all that as well. Yes, thank you. I'd love to. Oh, where do I start? So <laughs> I am a qualified naturopath. I graduated as a naturopath in the year 2000. So it's always really easy for me to remember how many years I've been a naturopath. And I was one of those rare people that went straight from high school to naturopathy. I was among the youngest in my class because I think a lot of people go to it later. And I was drawn to naturopathy because I'd had my own health issues as so many of us are drawn to natural therapies through this way. I'd had issues with skin. I had awful acne as a teenager and hormones all over the place, like a really irregular cycle. And I wasn't getting the answers that I was happy with from doctors. And I knew nothing about natural medicine. I definitely wasn't brought up utilizing natural medicine, but the doctor put me on the pill when I was 15. And I just had this gut feeling. I took it because I desperately wanted clear skin as you do as a 15 year old. And I took the pill and it got rid of my symptoms. I had this regular cycle, my acne cleared up. But then I thought, okay, now I can come off the pill because it's, so it's gone. And lo and behold, it came back worse than ever. And that was my feeling of, okay, this isn't actually getting to the bottom of what's going on here. This is just a Band-Aid solution. And so I went and saw a naturopath and did a big kind of dietary change, learned a lot about nutrition, learned a lot about gut health. I'd had some sort of minor gut symptoms throughout my entire life, but I hadn't really thought that they were problematic and 
until I made these changes and my gut health improved and my hormone balance symptoms improved and my skin improved. So I sort of knew that we were getting to the bottom of what was going on. And so I decided to study naturopathy and yeah, became a naturopath and then did some traveling around the world early in my 20s after I'd graduated and came back and started practicing as a naturopath in Australia. Soon after that, I became pregnant. And so I just fell into specializing in kids' health after that because I just naturally started attracting mums and kids to my clinic and started getting really good results with kids issues that I was seeing frequently. And yeah, so then I wanted to get my message out out of just my clinic room out into the world. And so I launched my online business, Natural Super Kids. And so that's where we're at today. Natural Super Kids has been running for quite a few years now. We have an online membership program called the Natural Super Kids Club. And we're all about kind of um, helping parents to utilize natural medicines and nutrition and g- address their kids' health issues from the cause and offer support and inspiration for parents through all the different challenges and stages that kids go through. Mm-hmm. And your podcast is also called Natural Super Kids. That's correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And did you learn about homeopathy in your naturopathic training or was it when you had kitties later on that you discovered it? No. So I learned homeopathy as one of the modalities as I was studying to be a naturopath. And to be honest, I really struggled to get my head around the concept of homeopathy. I was definitely drawn more to nutrition and herbal medicine. I found homeopathy really fascinating though, but just from my analytical kind of logical brain, really struggled to grasp it. But I've had some really great success using homeopathy personally throughout throughout my life as well. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so one of one of the big times that I used homeopathy was when I was giving birth. So I got a homeopathic birthing kit and I can't even remember the remedies that I used, but my husband and I had a session with a homeopath because I didn't know enough about it to be confident. And so I do remember as I was giving birth, my husband feeding me remedies and I had just the most amazing birth experiences. So I do credit homeopathy to supporting that whole process. And back, like taking it back a bit further, when I was having hormonal issues, I remember going to see a homeopath who was also a kinesiologist and did some muscle testing for what remedy was going to be best for me. And again, I can't remember the remedy, but I do remember getting some really amazing results in terms of regulating my cycle and some of the other sort of period-related symptoms that Mm -hmm. I was getting at the time. And one other instance where I remember getting some really great results with homeopathy is allergies. So I had never had any hay fever type or allergy symptoms at all. And I was traveling in the States and we were camping in a field in California and I got these awful hay fever symptoms. like, oh, this is what it's like to have hay fever, really congested and watery eyes and that sort of thing. I didn't have any homeopathy on me at the time. But ever since then, that sort of one instance where I got these really bad allergy symptoms, I have started experiencing some hay fever symptoms just for a couple of weeks a year in the very early summer. And I got a grass remedy that was made up and it did wonders for my, for those allergy symptoms. 
That is so cool. And I know you said your kiddies are a little bit older. They're just slightly older than my kids. And we were just having a chat before about when they are little and they're teething and there's fevers and there's all sorts of things going on. You tend to use homeopathy so much. And then as they get older, it you tend to not use it as much. I don't know if you found that, but my kiddies are 11 and almost eight now. And you tend to use the homeopathics less as yeah as things go yes. along, hey? Yes, yeah. but chatting to you has reminded me, because I've got a 12 and a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. My 12-year-old daughter, it, there's a lot of resistance to, from her to take her supplements at the moment, her nutritional and herbal supplements. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, I need to get onto some homeopathic remedies for her because that compliance issue just isn't there with homeopathy. That is absolutely, I've never, ever, actually, I lie. I have once had a client who refused to take the remedies. It was a little girl. And we, I said to the mom, okay, put the remedies in the water. And so she, the little girl had the remedies that way without knowing that she was actually having mm. it. And then the remedies started activating and lifting up her vital force. And then after that, she actually was okay to take her remedies just straight on the tongue. That was, yeah, it was, I always feel if you can just get that remedy in, then after that, it's not an issue, but. Yeah, I would yes. say 99.99% no compliance issues. This is part of the reason I wanted to have you on today because it's so funny that today of all days is the day that my kiddies are unwell and they are just never sick. And we have this deal now because they're never sick. My son always complains, all the friends in my class have days off because they're sick. I never get sick. <laughs> so we have a deal that once a term, they can choose a day to have off in That's lieu a of a sick idea. day because they're sick. But so today they're actually at home and I am giving them homeopathics. But I also have elderberry, echinacea, olive leaf. They're taking probiotics and vitamin C and bone broth. Oh, the kiwi herb cough liquid as well. Oh, yeah. So it is so important, I feel, to use both alongside. And I also, I was thinking today, I need to post in my group so people don't think I use just homeopathy. When my kitties are sick or if I'm sick, I always use the naturopathic things alongside to just yes. support my system extra. And we're going to talk about something that is super close to my heart and that is gut health. Can you tell us a little bit about why gut health is such an important topic for you as well? And what is it about gut health that yeah gets you fired up? Yes, gosh, I am just so passionate about gut health because I think it really is one of the foundations when it comes to kids and adults' health as well. And that development of good gut health right from the start is so important for health outcomes throughout our entire lives. So when it comes to children, I always talk about the important things that gut health impacts because it's not just about the tummy aches or the constipation or the colic or the reflux, like those typical things we think about when it comes to digestive health. A child's gut health also impacts their immune system. It affects their mood and their behavior and their sleep and their allergy tolerance and their fussy eating as well. This is such a interesting one. I find that when kids have an imbalance, and this is backed up in the research as well, when kids have an imbalance in their gut, we call it dysbiosis, an imbalance in the good and bad bacteria within the gut, it can lead to more a preference to the sugary foods, the starchy foods, the bland kind of beige foods, which so many fussy and picky eaters have more of a tendency towards. And so it's not just our kids. There's so many things that can influence fussy eating, but that imbalance in the gut is one of the big factors. And when we start correcting that imbalance, 
imbalance in the gut, we find, and I've found this over and over again with clients and our members in the Natural Super Kids Club, kids start to accept a wider variety of foods and a wider variety of healthy foods as well. So the fussy eating is a big part. The mood, sleep and behavior is really fascinating. And a lot of people have probably heard about the gut brain connection. There is, it's a trendy topic in the research at the moment. There's more and more research being done in this area for good reason, because we don't understand it all yet. And science only explains so much, right? But what we do know is that the, the gut and the brain are connected by the vagus nerve and the gut bugs, I just find this so fascinating, communicate with the brain in various ways. And it's a two-way communication. So a lot of the neurotransmitters that affect our kids' mood, their behavior, their sleep are actually produced by the bacteria in the digestive system. And when our kids have an imbalance in that bacteria, they have too much of the bad or pathogenic bacteria, not enough of the health healthy bacteria or one of the big problems is just not enough diversity, not enough different types of the good bacteria within the gut. It has a negative effect on their mood, their sleep, their behavior. We know that mental health conditions, depression, anxiety, these are linked with an imbalance in the gut bacteria. We know a lot of the neurodevelopmental conditions that are so common in kids these days, the ADHD, the ASD, the kids that are on the spectrum. From the research, we know that they do have generally less diversity within the gut microbiome, less different species of bugs within the gut microbiome. And how this is impacting them, we don't have a full understanding of, but we know that more diversity, more good bugs, more different strains of good bugs within the gut is, will lead to better health outcomes when it comes to our kids' mood, their sleep, their behavior, the neurodevelopmental conditions. And of course, immunity is a huge one as well. So the gut microbiome has a huge impact on how strong our immune system is, which will affect how often we get sick, how quick we recover from sickness, but also our allergy tolerance. When the microbiome is out of balance, then it leads to more incidences of allergies and atopic conditions such as eczema, which we see a lot of at Natural Super Kids as well. Mm, absolutely. And I will never forget when I first heard that statistic that 90% of this, your serotonin is actually made in your gut, not mm. in your brain. That is scary, absolutely scary if you think of how many kitties are born on the back foot when it comes to their gut health. These days, they routinely test the mum for strep B and then give them prophylactic antibiotics when they're laboring and the baby is getting that through the breast milk, then there's such a high C-section rate. And then so often they will give babies just prophylactic antibiotics at birth just because, I don't know, they seem to find all sorts of incredible reasons for why they need that. And then they're on the back foot, so then they're predisposed to ear infections and tonsillitis, and then they get round of round after antibiotic. And then suddenly you have this fussy kid at two, three, four, five, six years of age that refused to eat anything other than rice crackers yes. <laughs> because and it actually makes so much sense if you think the other astounding fact that I've heard is that we have 10 times more bacteria and microorganisms than cells in our body so basically we were, we're one huge big microorganism walking around yes. here and doesn't that make sense that 
they would be driving our appetite and our desires and our moods and everything else if they're not in balance. So it makes complete mm-hmm. sense that they're out of balance, that we will be craving all that, these things that are we're not actually feeding ourselves, we're actually feeding them. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And you've just articulated that so well because they're the types of kids we see a lot at Natural Super Kids. Mm-hmm. It's the kids that are sickly, they're mm-hmm. irritable and they're fussy, they might have eczema. And when we go back and take the case history, almost always there's been those early antibiotics. And of course, there's Mm. many factors that can negatively affect our gut health, but an overuse of antibiotics, particularly in that early life through pregnancy, through birth, as you mentioned, through infancy, it is having a negative effect on the gut microbiome. We know that babies that are born C-section, as opposed to that are born through the vaginal canal, have lower diversity within their microbiome. And that's not, I'm not meaning to trigger anyone into Mm. any guilt Mm. because of course, C-sections save lives and we're lucky to have access to them. But if your baby was or is born via C-section, it's just a little sign that you need to take extra good care of that microbiome. And there's certainly things that we can do once they're born, whether we're breastfeeding or formula feeding to replete that microbiome, which is so important. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, mummy guilt is a real thing and that Mm -hmm. will eat you up. So there is zero judgment here on what happened during your birth or your breastfeeding or non-breastfeeding journey, mm-hmm. are just mentioning this so that you're aware of that and just have that realization of, okay, I'm going to have to do a little bit of extra work just to build up my child's immunity so they don't have issues down the track. And that's where working with a specialist like yourself to actually just get those good foods and get the good supplements in there to get that gut microbiome working beautifully is just so incredibly important. So is there in any other symptoms that if, what sort of other things will parents see in their children? that Mm -hmm. might trigger them to think, hey, maybe my child's gut bacteria isn't what it should be. What sort of other things can parents look out for? Yeah, there's so many, which makes it really tricky. But like the ones that I've mentioned, obviously are big ones, but then there's also the digestive symptoms, the more obvious digestive symptoms, the tummy aches, the bloating, constipation, not eliminating regularly, food intolerances and sensitivities are a big one as well. And so many parents will jump to trying to figure out what the trigger food is, which is an important part of the picture. But often food intolerances, food sensitivities are developing because the gut is leaky or there is an imbalance in the microbiome. Those two things go hand in hand. Leaky gut or intestinal permeability is when the gut lining is a little bit porous. So instead of keeping all of the contents of the gut contained within the tube, food proteins are leaking out into the bloodstream before they've been fully digested. And that sets up an immune response. And then that food become, that child becomes sensitive or intolerant to that food. So food sensitivities and intolerances are a big one. Any sort of mood, behavior, sleep, even learning difficulties can be related to gut health or the gut can be a part of what's going on there. Mm. Anytime there's any skin issue, I'm always thinking about the gut. Of course, eczema is really common in kids, but even the bumpy skin, the red skin, the easy to rash skin, that these are sorts of like red flags when it comes to gut imbalance. So I think it's time for us to take a quick little break. And then when we come back, we can chat a little bit about how we can help clients with these issues. 
Alrighty, and we're back from the break, Jess. And so if parents are listening to this podcast and they identify some of these symptoms that you've just mentioned, obviously we would recommend to go and speak with a professional such as yourself. But are there some things that they can start doing at home just to start improving their children's gut health or maybe their own? Yes, definitely. There's so many things that we can do. And I like to focus on the diet and the lifestyle first and foremost, before we start thinking about your supplements and probiotics and all of that sort of thing. A big part of the reason that kids gut health is suffering so much these days is because of our Western diet. So that is the first thing we want to be thinking about. And it doesn't mean that you have to switch to a completely whole food organic diet, but there are some key things that you want to be thinking about when it comes to to your child's diet. The first one is sugar. So sugar is one of the enemies of gut health, if you like, and immune health when it comes to children as well. And again, it doesn't mean we have to cut sugar out completely because that is not realistic. And that's certainly not my reality with my kids either, but really reducing the amount of refined processed sugar can make a big difference because sugar feeds the pathogenic or bad bacteria and leads to an imbalance in the gut microbiome. So watching that sugar intake, and there's a couple of times of the day where sugar tends to creep in more when it comes to kids. And that is breakfast time, which is crazy. And also snack time. So to get started with reducing sugar, look at those foods that your kids are eating for breakfast. Pretty much all boxed cereal is full of sugar and additives and isn't a great nutritious Mm. start to the day. So switching over to, even if it's just a homemade muesli, oats are really good for our gut health. You can make your own muesli with, with oats or a porridge or some good quality toast with a healthy topping like avocado. It doesn't have to be something that, that means that you're spending hours in the kitchen in the morning, but yeah, that those breakfast foods, foods are a big first consideration. And then the snacking. So many of our kids are eating those sometimes snacks that are really okay once or twice a week. They've got a couple of those in their lunchbox every single yeah. day. Yeah. And so we want to be moving away from so many packet snacks, really. The muesli bars, even the yogurt pouches, many of these things that parents think that are maybe healthier choices for their kids. When you turn the packet around and look at how much sugar is in them, it can often be quite high. So uh, sticking to more whole food snacks, fresh fruits and vegetables and dips and nuts and seeds. One of my kids' favorite at the moment, we just roast off some almonds in some tamari to make them nice and salty. Ooh. They love them. They don't have Tamari them makes everything better. <laughs> so good. <laughs> they don't have those in their lunchbox, but that's been a really good after school snack. Um Smoothies make a really good healthy snack as well. So just watching your kids' sugar intake, particularly at breakfast and snack time, as I said. And overall, the problem, the big problem with the Western diet when it comes to gut health is it's so low in fiber because of all of the processed, refined foods that we're having. So anything that you can do to increase your family's fiber consumption is going to generally be good for your children's gut. And so switching over to whole grains as opposed to white rice and pasta and and bread, switching over to rye and spelt and brown rice, quinoa, buckwheat, even if it starts half or even, Mm. you know, white rice with just a little bit of brown rice to start to make that transition, any step in the right direction is a win as far as I'm concerned. And just including more plant foods in the diet is generally good for 
our gut as well. The vegetables are great, lots of variety in the types of vegetables and salads that we're feeding our kids, but also things like the legumes, including some of those in the diet. Mm -hmm. And that can really help you to reduce the amount of meat you're eating as well. I'm all for animal protein. I think it does contain a lot of good nutrition, but if we can switch out some of the mints in our spaghetti bolognese with some lentils, for example, or some of the mints in our Mexican meals for black beans, Mm. uh, that's going to really help to increase the fiber. And most kids won't even notice that it's in there. (laughs) I Um, love your practical advice. That is so good. Oh, good. Yeah, you've actually inspired me now because I'm just thinking, oh, that's such a good idea when I'm making bolognese to actually sneak in some lentils in there. There's already quite a few veggies that I managed to sneak in there. But yeah, lentils is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, there's always more that we can be doing, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why these chats are so important. Yeah, so the diet's a big factor. And then our lifestyle and environment are another big concern as well. Kids are just not spending enough time outside. Our kids are spending on average half the amount of time that we spent outdoors, like on average, which is crazy in just one generation. And of course, there's so much to entertain them inside with all the technology. It can be a struggle to get them outside, but that just the nature of being outside is good for the microbiome. We're exposed to different types of bacteria and bugs outside that are actually really beneficial for that development of good gut health. Mm. Encouraging kids to go outside and play outside more, setting up some interesting stations outside. When the kids are little, the mud kitchens and things can be great. It gets trickier as kids get older, but get it, trying to encourage them to get into outdoor sports and spending time together as a family outdoors as well. Camping, high, visiting the national parks. There's so much that we can be doing and us adults benefit from more outside time as well. So that is huge. And that's a fairly easy and enjoyable one to do as well. So once we've got those diet and lifestyle kind of changes talked about. There are also obviously supplements and things that we can do. When it comes to gut health, I like to approach it from a seed and feed approach. You might have heard of this analogy before you I think I heard it on your podcast actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we have a real focus when it comes to kids' gut health and gut health in general on things like probiotic supplements. And that is the seeding part. So we want to be getting in the good bacteria. And we can do that through probiotic supplements, through lifestyle exposure from being outdoors, as I said, through fermented or cold cultured foods as well. So the sauerkraut, the coconut kefir, the yogurt, those cultured fermented foods are a great way to get the good bacteria in. And that's the seed part. But the part that's often overlooked and forgotten about is the feed part. We need to be putting those seeds into a nice, healthy soil or environment and feeding them good quality food. And the probiotics or good bacteria within our gut feed on prebiotics, which are a type of fiber, which a lot of kids are lacking from their diet. So we want to be really mindful to make sure that our family is getting plenty of prebiotic fibers in their diet. And we can look at supplements as well, particularly for fussy kids or kids that have issues such as constipation, prebiotics can be great. But from a food point of view, oats are really high in prebiotics. Rye is really high in prebiotics. Things like onion and garlic and leek, which we can sneak into the spaghetti bolognese or whatever we're making. And cooked and cooled potato 
and rice and pasta. So the cooking and then cooling actually increases the amount of resistant starch in these foods, which is a really great prebiotic food source for the good bacteria. So these ones are great for fussy kids. If we can cook and then cool some of their favorite pasta and give them that, even if we warm it up again, it's still higher in that resistant starch. So things like- Never heard that one before. That is so cool. Okay. Yeah. So things like potato salad or pasta salad or rice salad are really good for those prebiotic fibers as well. Excellent. You've just given me some great idea. I haven't done rice salad in ages. Actually, I saw on your website, you have got some kick-ass eBooks with recipes and I am in such a food funk at the moment. I just, when you just keep cooking the same meals and it's, oh, I just can't think of anything else. So I'm going to go and add some of those to my cart and you've got loads of eBooks there with recipes. We do. We, yeah, we do. We create lots of new recipes for our club members and then we package those up into eBooks or some of them up into eBooks that are available on our website as well. But one of the reasons that we offer this to our club members is because we all need that, that motivation and inspiration and creativity when it comes to the kitchen. Even I do. (laughs) And I I live and breathe this stuff, but some weeks I'm like, oh, what am I going to cook today again? We all get stuck in a bit of a funk when it comes Mm. to that. And yeah, just a bit all of our recipes that we create are obviously full of all of this good stuff. So you don't have to think about how am I going to add some more leaks in or whatever it is. That is so cool. My big thing with my family is broccoli and cauliflower and cabbage. Now I love all vegetables. I'm very weird. There's literally not a food that I don't eat, but my family is, they can be a little bit fussy with those. And I'm always trying to, my, my husband says that cauliflower tastes like farts. And so I was like, how can I sleep cauliflower in? And I actually have this beautiful, huge cauliflower that is growing in my garden and his parents are coming over this weekend. I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to cut it and I have to figure out a way of how I can cook this beautiful organic cauliflower that's growing in my garden. So any tips you'll have to let me know. Well, can I give you a couple of tips for cauliflower? Yes, please. Because cauliflower is one of those foods, a lot of kids don't like it, but it doesn't have much of a taste. I know. So it's actually easy to hide. So you can cook up cauliflower, puree it, put it into little ice cubes and add it to smoothies. The kids will never know it's in there. No. Are you serious? (laughs) Cauliflower smoothie, (gasps) obviously with the banana and whatever else you're putting into the smoothie. Start with just one ice cube, but generally you can up it to three or four per smoothie. So that's a good way to get cauliflower in. And we actually have a recipe in our club. I think it's in one of our eBooks. I think it's the hidden veggie recipe eBook, cauliflower cup. And again, it's cauliflower puree added into a cupcake recipe and kids won't even know that it's in there. Oh, you are an evil genius. I love it. (laughs) Jess, you have sprinkled in there about your club. Tell our listeners, what is your club and how do they join? Yeah. So thank you. So the club is my passion work. So the Natural Super Kids Club I created as about five years ago. It's an online membership program that offers inspiration and support to busy families that, you know, want that will want to make sure that their family is as healthy as possible. We do attract a lot of families that have kids with health issues, whether it's allergies or eczema or tummy troubles or mood behavior, sleep issues, all of those sorts of things. But it's also really great for families that are healthy and just want to stay that way and make sure that their kids are as healthy as possible. So in the club, we offer new recipes every month. We offer a new masterclass or a challenge every month. That can be on a whole variety of different topics. We've got an eczema masterclass, an environmental allergies masterclass. We're doing a teenage parenting masterclass next month. So we've got 
dozens, maybe even a hundred different masterclasses in the club now on all kinds of different topics. And even things like choosing the healthiest bread from the supermarket or how to eliminate a food from your child's diet if you're suspecting a food intolerance, those sorts of things. Such a variety of different topics relating to kids and mum's health as well. We do cheat sheets. So this makes it really easy for people to make healthy changes and to have some resources on hand. So for example, we've got like a natural first aid cheat sheet. We've got a alternative to dairy milk cheat sheet, or again, loads of different sorts of topics related to kids' health. And one of our members' favorite part of the club is that I do a weekly Ask the Naturopath session where I go live in our Facebook community and answer everyone's questions. And so you're getting that naturopathic support. It's really all about, for me, giving people affordable support that's really effective, no matter what the health issues or health goals for their family is. We don't have the club open all the time. We open and close it, but we are opening at the end of October. And so people can come on over to our website and download one of our free eBooks and get on our email list and they'll they'll find out when we are opening the Natural Super Kids Club next. Amazing. And you have got great guest speakers in your group because I was on there a year ago yes. as well. <laughs> yes, I didn't even mention that. There's so much, it's so hard to articulate everything that's in the club, but we do. Aww. We have guest speakers such as yourself. <laughs> And so many others that offer their wisdom into the club as well. It's wonderful because you're exposing these mums to so many different things that they might not have thought about for yes. their families. So it's really beautiful. And I've had some of your members reach out to me even months later and just saying, hey, I found you through Jess and I'd like to get some homeopathic remedies. So oh, that yeah, was actually, I don't so know if I've ever told you that, but it was actually really interesting. Like now and again, even now, still a year later, people will say, hey, I've heard about you and with Jess. Yeah, it's really great. Now, you also have a free gut health masterclass. Can you tell us a little bit about that? As you can hear, I'm very passionate about kids gut health. So I am holding a live kids gut health masterclass on October. I've got to look at my date. October, <laughs> uh, October the 25th and 26th. Oh, gotcha. We're starting to promote it on the 10th. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so it's on the 25th and 26th of October. Yes. And so it's the same masterclass, just two different times. And we're delving into all things gut health. So it's called Three Ways to Transform Your Child's Gut Health to Improve Their Immunity, Allergies, Fussy Eating and Behaviour. And so we talk about some really great practical strategies to improve your kid's gut health and also delve into why gut health is so important and some of the things you want to avoid to improve your kid's gut health as well. And at the end of that masterclass, we give people an opportunity to come over and join the club as well. So it's a way for people to get a taste of my approach and our approach at Natural Super Kids and get some really great practical information as well. That's amazing. And I'm guessing people can get a recording of it as well if they're not able to make it live? Yes. Yeah. So if you register, you'll be able to get a recording as well. Yeah. And you also have this free gut health ebook. How do people get hold of that? Yes. Yeah, so I will give you the links. So all of this can be in the show notes. So anyone who's hearing this and thinking that they are interested in any of this can head on over to the show notes and we'll pop all the links in there. So the gut health ebook is really the foundational things that you need to know about your kid's gut health, how it impacts their immunity, their allergies, their mood and behavior, a lot of similarities to what we've talked about today. And then the practical steps, like I, I talk about that seed and feed approach and the things that you can do to just make sure your kid's gut health is as, as good as possible. 
Amazing. And before we finish off, I feel a little bit sad finishing off because we've had such a fun chat. But can you tell our listeners how they can get hold of you and your podcast? Yes, thank you so much. Oh, so many things to share. So probably the best central place that people can find me is the website. So naturalsuperkids.com is our website and we have so much information on there. We've got our podcasts on there. We've got lots of blogs. We've got lots of free eBooks. We've got recipe eBooks that you can purchase. So you can find all of the links on there. And the other great place to connect with us at Natural Super Kids is on Instagram. We love Instagram. We are Natural Super Kids. We share lots of educational and inspirational information on our Instagram. Have a bit of with reels and that sort of thing too. That is so cool. And I'm very jealous. I saw you have 20,000 followers on Insta. I'm on six, I think 620 this morning. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am hoping one day I'll get to 20,000. But yeah, you do share some amazing information in there. So I definitely recommend people go and check it out. Yeah, thank you. I know. And I can't quite believe we've reached 20,000. It just, I think once it gets to a certain level, it like, I don't know, it, it takes off. <laughs> but we are very consistent and we just love sharing information on there. Amazing. Oh, Jess, it's been so super fun having a chat with you today. Thank you so much for what you're doing to empower parents to raise healthy kids. And yeah, I look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you so much for having me, Eugenie. It's a pleasure. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.